Welcome to the Beyond Birth Podcast. Join us each week as we take the conversation of motherhood beyond birth. I'm your co-host, Liz Winters, a nutritional therapy practitioner, certified pre and postnatal coach, and mama. I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Jenny Anderson, yoga teacher, full spectrum doula, and mama. Our hope is to inspire, educate, and empower women as they navigate pregnancy, postpartum, and parenthood with evidence-based guidance, informative interviews, and hopefully entertaining anecdotes from our perspectives as moms, entrepreneurs, and birth professionals. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another episode of the Beyond Birth Podcast. Liz here, and I am sitting down with my new friend and fellow foodie, Heather England of Fit Mama Real Food. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Liz. This is going to be fun. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, Heather is just a joy to follow uh, on the Instagrams, and that's how I have been connected with her. And I'm just, yeah, if you don't follow her, go do it. We'll talk about how you can do that in a little bit. But to give you a little background on Heather, she is the face and voice behind the food and healthy living website, Fit Mama Real Food. She shares real food recipes the entire family will love, plus quick and effective home workouts and inspiration for living your healthiest, happiest, and best life. She also hosts the weekly Healthy Living podcast, Fit Mama Real Food Radio, and is the creator of Fit Mama Real Food on YouTube, where you can find quick workouts, healthy recipes, and tips. Heather is an AFAA certified group fitness instructor, certified yoga fit instructor, oh, I want to know what that is, (laughs) along with many more fitness specialties under her belt. Sounds about right. (laughs) And as a mama of four, Heather understands how much work it is to feed your family homemade real food. Friend, preach. (laughs) And that's why she is so passionate about sharing delicious, healthy meals that don't take up all your time and energy. She is a meal planning pro and loves to help you become one too. And you can connect with Heather on Instagram at fitmamarealfood. And that is why we were going to have you on the show today to talk about all your meal planning pro and help us become them too, because this is something that I have definitely struggled with and I'll get like, I'll go through streaks where I'm like really good at it and then it crumbles and Mm -hmm. it's just, I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you. Yeah, me too. And you're not alone. I've totally been there too with like, I'm on it for a couple of weeks and then not. And it's, it's a rough roller coaster to be on. Right. Right. So a lot of our listeners are like super busy parents and when it comes to meal prep, I think it feels like just another thing that we feel like we're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. or it's just like another thing that's on the never ending to-do list. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about your experience with meal planning, how you started, how it's maybe transformed um, your life with parenting? I mean, with four kids, like it may, would make sense that meal planning is like a necessity, right? You need to know what's happening. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Life is crazy. Whether you have one kid or multiple kids, no matter how many, (laughs) it adds adds insanity. Um, But yeah, my meal planning actually started before having kids. Shortly after my husband and I got married, we were a young couple and did not have that much money. And so meal planning was such a necessity for us to stay within a budget. And so that's really when I started realizing the power of figuring out what we're going to be eating and then being smart when I go grocery shopping. Back then I also would find coupons, look at ads and shop around town, which is easier to do without kids. Um, And so that was my first kind of start into meal planning. 
But then the real challenge came when I had kiddos and you have a baby and you're trying to make dinner, but you can't cut a carrot when you're holding a baby and it just becomes a lot harder. And so what I started doing more consistently was on the weekend, I would take not that long, maybe 20 to 40 minutes if I was making a grocery list as well to sit down and just think, what do we have going on for the week? Do I have time to cook in the evening or do I need to make something in advance so that I can be present with my kids or not rush home and then have to cook? And so how can I simplify my life um, and really pick the meals that we're going to have based on what we have going on? And so then I mostly consistently write a meal plan. I am not perfect either, um, but I find that when I do, it really just takes some stress off of my plate because I'm not having to think about it. I'm not thinking from morning until 4 p.m. What are we going to eat? And do I have time to do this? I can get things done in advance, which we can totally talk about meal prep and how we can make that work for ourselves. Um, but that's honestly how I got that started in my family was just out of necessity. Yeah, I love that because I. it sounds like to me, you are investing that, you know, 20 to 45 minutes, you know, plus grocery shopping, but 20 to 45 minutes at the beginning of your week to not have that rush and struggle all through the rest of your week. And so like, think about, I'm thinking about how much time and energy that that is saving you on a nightly basis or saving the whole family. Right. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Can you talk about maybe some other ways that meal planning can help? So we've talked about time, um, maybe diving into budget a little bit because you're, you're fit mama real food. So you like to play with food. So I do, I do. And when I look at how much I spend on my groceries, sometimes I get sad. So I don't try to look, <laughs> but I also, you know, I think being smart with money, it's just it's a smart thing to do. It's an adult thing to do. My husband really appreciates it when I stick within my food budget. Um, so what I love to do is when I do go grocery shopping and I see something on sale that I know I'm going to use, like I especially protein, if I'm seeing grass fed beef or chicken or fish, I'm going to load up and put it in my freezer because I know, I know that there are things that I'm going to use in the future and it's not going to get wasted, especially pantry items. The thing that's a little trickier is produce. Um, but then once I maybe have a little stockpile of a protein or a pantry item, when I do go to go meal plan, I can think, oh yeah, I have five pounds of beef in the freezer. We're definitely going to have some beef this week. And then I'm not having to spend that money at the grocery store at that time. Um, some other ways that I like to kind of stretch my grocery budget is to make a big protein and then spread that in little bits throughout different meals. So I might use that in a lunch one day and I would use some of the chicken in a casserole another day. So I'm not cooking this massive amount of protein, which is always seems like the most expensive thing. Um, and I'm just making that stretch a little more. We do a lot of eggs in our house, which is also a great option. Um, and I feel like anytime you do some kind of super casserole, you can really just make things bigger and make them spread a little further. 
I love that. So I'm hearing like two big tips come out of this mm-hmm. is like shopping your pantry and fridge first, mm-hmm. like before you even start planning. And I think that is so smart being like, okay, what protein do we have on hand? We, um, we invest in a, a cow share. Mm-hmm. And so beef is on the list pretty much every week, but, um, really just stopping there and be like, okay, what do we have? And then taking the time to make sure it's defrosted. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I, I love this idea of cooking in bulk. Like what would be a favorite protein that you would cook in bulk? Like I'm assuming ground, like ground beef would be a, a good one or. Yeah. Ground beef or any kind of like pork shoulder works amazing sure. to prep in advance. Um, and I love to make big batches of like meatballs in advance too. Cause then you can yeah. also just chop that up and use it the same way you would use ground beef. So definitely those are some I love. Taco meat, always on the always. list. Yeah. Always. <laughs> always. Tacos are always on the menu. <laughs> yes, I know. But that's so nice because I feel like when you're making like a big batch of meat, especially with pork shoulder, like you can turn it into carnitas tacos or barbecue, or you can like mix up those palates. Cause I think that's mm-hmm. something that we struggle with when we're like, okay, I'm going to make a big batch of something for the week. I get bored eating the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just being smart with repurposing your leftovers. Um, I love, I love ingredient meals. So where you have like a protein, a starch and a vegetable, because I think it's just easy to plan and it makes my family happy. But then I like to be smart with my time and make that protein bigger. And like I said, turn it into a different kind of meal. And when I'm planning, when I'm writing my meal plan, I can visualize what that will look like and make sure that I have the ingredients on hand for that second kind of remake of leftovers. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Uh, And it sounds like it's just like a nice way to kind of get the whole family on board. Like if you've done like this prep work ahead of time, Mm -hmm. you aren't necessarily committed to like, oh no, we have to eat this soup tonight. We can eat, you know, one of these other things. Mm Mm-hmm. Are there any other strategies exactly. that kind of like make the whole family um, like on board with meal planning? I think that's one of the hardest things. It's like getting kids to stick to a schedule or just even just getting the whole family to stick to a schedule can feel impossible. So like the thought of incorporating like what we're actually going to be eating every single night and sticking to a plan can be really tricky. Can you talk a little bit more to that? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a family of more than one person, you're having to think about everybody's palates. And definitely within my family, kids have preferences. Um, but with that, I try not to work around them too much. Like I know my daughter hates potatoes, but I love potatoes and we want to have that. And my son, he does not like onions. Um, so I try to be mindful of their preferences, but then not necessarily caters them. So I think about what as a family can we enjoy? And if I want to serve those things that I know that they try and they just really don't like, can I make sure that I'm including something that they will like? So on a night when I'm serving potatoes as a side, I don't want my daughter to not have a carbohydrate because she just won't eat them. So I would serve some kind of fruit um, along the side as well so that I'm being mindful about making sure that she's getting what she needs in her body, but I'm not making specific meals for them. Um, And so when I'm also meal planning, I try to think about like, what meals does everybody kind of like in our family? So tacos is a great example. The great thing is that you can kind of customize tacos to how you love them based on the toppings or using a shell or maybe turn it into a rice bowl. And there's so many different ways to customize it. If you think about your family and they love ground beef tacos. Okay. Can you add that into your rotation and just have it 
easy night at least once a week and then maybe take those flavors and then transform them into a taco casserole and just making those flavors that you know your family loves stretch into another day um, that can really help especially when you're thinking about feeding the whole family if you're having a lot of different preferences or maybe you even have dietary restrictions you know somebody can't have eggs or whatever um, allergen they might be dealing with then you also have to consider that and build meals around what's going to work for your family so having like a staple list maybe family favorites which i have a section in that of my in my meal planner where there's a space where you can write your family favorite breakfast lunches and dinners and just keeping that written out so that you can always come back to that and know, okay, my family loved this. Everybody was happy. We're going to have this again. And then you just keep going down your list and cooking from those. And it keeps life a little easier. I love the idea of having a family favorites list. Yeah. Like that's so smart. Cause sometimes um, like I do the majority of the cooking in our family and, um, and meal planning. Everyone has an opinion still. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, sometimes I'm like, wait, who, who likes what? And it's just, it's nice to be able to cater to like the whole family. Mm -hmm. And I love that you talk about not cooking specific meals for your kids. Mm -hmm. That was something, um, when, like when my husband and I started having kids, we're like, we're not going to be cooking. Like there's not going to be a kid's food mm -hmm. and an adult food. Like we're all going to eat the same thing. And it doesn't mean that there aren't things that are, aren't specifically on the table because my daughter loves them. Right. Yeah. yeah. But like, I don't have the time or the budget to be cooking two dinners. Right. Yeah. And I think kids palates are so, um, they change day to day. Right. Like one day my daughter will love chicken soup. And the next day she's like, why, why did you think I would ever eat this? The yes. joy of being three. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think as long as we're like, keep introducing those foods and keep sharing, like maybe your daughter will like potatoes one day. Right. Who knows? No, I know. <laughs> maybe? I, know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> one day she told me she did. And I was like, yes. And then the next time she was like, ew, I don't want that. Just kidding. But, but we just keep trying. I mean, yeah. just like adults, our palates can change too. Kids, theirs are just, theirs are being molded by the flavors that they're being introduced to. And so I think it's just uh, such a blessing for them to have the opportunity to try different flavors and just being exposed. And they might not like it now, but you know, they're only kids for a little bit of time. I want them to be adults that are used to trying different things and that they're adventurous as adults as well because they're going to be a, an adult most of their life. Isn't that a rude realization? <laughs> I know. Can you stay little forever, please? Oh my gosh. Um, do you have any tips for getting kids involved in meal planning or even food preparation? Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, so for meal prep or meal planning, we'll start with meal planning and then we'll move on to meal prep. So I love to open up a cookbook and just let my kiddos look at the pictures and think about something or pick something that they want to have. That's one favorite way to get them involved, whether we're going to have some kind of treat or it's a dinner. We just get out a cookbook and I say, what looks good to you? And then we talk about the ingredients that are in it. Um, my son is the only one that can read so far, so he can read it for himself, but the others just pick based on what it looks like. Um, and another way that I love getting them involved is when they're at the grocery store with me, letting them pick something for us to bring home and include. I always let them pick some kind of fruit or vegetable because that's just easy. Like, you know, they're not going to go pick 
candy. It's like everybody's down for the fruits and vegetables. And then we think of different ways that we can incorporate it into a meal. Or maybe we do like a sampling test and see what this apple tastes like compared to this other apple. I think that's just a really fun way to get them involved in thinking about food um, and being a part of the process. When they're part of the process, then I feel like they take more ownership into it and they can be more excited to try things. And so those are a couple of ways that I like to get my kiddos involved. And then I love as a mom getting the help for a meal prep. Oh my gosh, like asking my kid to crack a dozen eggs and I don't have to do it is magic. It is magic. <laughs> and I saw this morning that your daughter was cooking scrambled eggs and I was like yes yeah, go Liz you taught her well <laughs> I love it and cooking with my kids is my favorite thing yeah it's so so fun and that starts when they're itty bitty little in a carrier and just talking to them about the food and what you're doing and letting them play with the food and touch the food and smell the food and taste it. And just starting with exposure is how I love to get my kiddos involved. And then when they can kind of sit safely on the counter with my hand on them, then they'll start mixing and pushing the button on the food processor, uh, whisking, pouring, making messes, and just really, you know, as toddlers love to do, it's so good for them to just touch things and play with things and learn that way. And then as they're playing, I can teach them too. This is how you measure and you don't spill. And this is how you whisk and you hold the bowl. Um, and so it's really just one-on-one -on -one if you can, which is hard with lots of kiddos sometimes. Um, and just being intentional with those little moments that you can find teaching them. Um, and then their skills eventually just grow on top like cracking the eggs or peeling a cucumber or grating cheese, just little things like that. It really honestly adds up just adding little baby steps in one at a time. And I've been talking a lot about um, cooking with kiddos lately over on my Instagram. So this is super fun to talk about. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the coolest things I've seen in, um, I, like when Edith has been cooking with me and you know what, I actually think that I took a lot of the tips that I heard from you in an interview that you did a long time ago with, um, modern mamas. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. So throwback. So I'll have to link love to that it. in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause you really are the expert on this and I, oh, I love it so much, <laughs> but, um, you're right. Just that exposure, but also I feel like when Edith is involved in cooking dinner, she's more likely to try it. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause she's so proud that she like helped make this. Yeah. So something that she may have not, you know, been interested in trying before, but she's a pretty adventurous eater. Yeah. Um, like she's more, she's more excited to try it and talk about textures and flavors and, and what is happening there. And I think that's just so magical. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you also mentioned, you know, all these other life skills that can come out of that, like following instructions, right. Yeah. Safety, but then also math, right. Right. Like I, I learned my, I grew up and, um, I spent a lot of time cooking with my aunt and, um, she taught me fractions like, and it was so frustrating. I have to tell you, it was so frustrating. Um, but I mean, it, things that you can learn and understand through that cooking process, you know, it's just, yeah. it's amazing what can happen in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because it is, it's like, I was homeschooled for when I was younger and I remember like cooking with my mom and her saying like, we're doing science now or we're doing math in the kitchen. Totally. And I didn't, it didn't make sense because I was like eight or something. Uh, but 
it's like you can learn through play and you can learn mm -hmm. through just activity and it's such a great way. I love that you bring that up. Yeah. Like mom, why do we have to have eggs in this? Oh, well we need a leavener or we need a binder. You know, like what is that, what is this egg doing in this process? You know, I yeah. think it's just really fun yeah. to explore. And then they're like, what do those words mean? And then it's What's another happening? lesson. It's another <laughs> lesson, right. We're having a lot of really deep conversations over here at three and a half, but it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> Um, do you have any favorite go-to foods or like food types for meal prep? I do. Okay. So I always like to think about a protein because it just makes my life easier. Uh, chicken and beef and salmon are my like top three because I think that they hold really well in the fridge. Like, and I'm fine eating like salmon cold, but I can also repurpose it into other things. Um, so those would be like top three proteins. I like to think about having some kind of carbohydrate. So either roasted potatoes or roasted sweet potatoes, or we'll do rice often, again, because they keep well in the fridge. Um, and then vegetables, whatever ones I can cut and peel in advance that won't go bad. So carrots and celery, bell peppers for a few days, cucumber, not so much. It just doesn't last. Um, getting fruit chopped in advance can be really helpful too, because my kids love fruit. It makes lunch boxes easier too in the morning. And then we love to make breakfast items in advance. So just a couple hours before hopping on the call with you, I put my waffle ingredients in the blender and mixed it up. And then tonight I'll make waffles. So they'll be ready in the morning. So waffles and pancakes, any kind of like quick bread, sweet bread or snack balls, they hold really well in the fridge. So I love to have kind of snacky or breakfast items made in advance and hard boiled eggs also for breakfast. Those are like things that I think about. No, that's so smart. Cause I feel like mornings, no matter what you do are always chaotic, right? Yeah, yeah. Even if they're like joyfully chaotic, it's not like you're going to sit down and make, I mean, most often you're not going to sit down and make this like eggs and potatoes and bacon and toast or whatever uh, kind of breakfast, yeah, right? Like yeah. it's no, you really have to put your shoes on and we have to go, Oh my gosh, I forgot to brush your teeth. Wait, you need to eat breakfast. Like yes. <laughs> that's a glimpse into my life. Um, <laughs> so my I love sewer. having those like, those like on the go, uh, not on the go, but pre-prepped options. Mm -hmm. are, that's so, so, so smart. Yeah. Um, one of our listener questions that we, her objections <laughs> that we got was, <laughs> I don't like to meal plan because I feel like I have to end up cooking seven nights a week. Do you have tips on how to streamline this process? She's got three littles at home as well. So cooking every night is not going to be an option. Yeah. I don't like to cook every night too. So I feel ya. Um, so what she'll want to think about is how many nights does she want to cook? Does she only want to have to cook three nights or four nights? Um, she'll know how many nights she wants to cook. So have your number. We're going to just say for this example that it's four nights. Okay. So can you plan a meal that you can have as leftovers? Like you make a big casserole and you know that you're going to have that a couple of days later, or can you cook a big roasted turkey and then have that protein again another night, or maybe just repurpose it into a soup for another night. So you're not fully cooking another meal, but just really thinking and being strategic with the cooking that you're already doing and then transforming that into another leftover or just having leftovers. Now, another thing that's so helpful that I don't know why we haven't talked about yet is the crock pot. That's like 
the lifesaver for moms because it's it can be so fast, like five minutes, throw everything in, and then dinner is ready. So if you don't like cooking in the evening, can you make a list of like five or 10 crockpot recipes that you like and then rotate through those on those busier nights? And when I really don't want to cook, I still do cook, but then I have really easy things that I will do. Like breakfast for dinner is a great option. Like we talked about doing prepping breakfast foods in advance. You could just do double and know that you're going to have that for your Thursday night dinner, have some waffles or whatever it might be. Um, an egg scramble is super fast and maybe you have just some like hash browns on the side or some fruit, which you can prep in advance. So when you don't want to cook every night, getting a little bit of food prep in, if you can, can be really helpful, but also being strategic with your leftovers or transforming them in a different way. I love that. Okay. So you mentioned the crock pot. Yeah. That instantly makes me think of like the instant pot, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Are there any other kitchen tools or kitchen essentials that you would recommend to make making meals through the week easier? Yeah. So, um, more for meal prep, my food processor is just my best friend for chopping. If I don't want to making snack balls, making batters is really fast. Um, my blender I use like every single day, uh, for a whole green juice, but also for like my waffle recipe that I mentioned, you can, you can so easily make pancake or waffle batters in a blender and that just it's so fast and easy and it's less mess i feel like too um another that is just a lifesaver is a nice skillet that is really big like if you can i i just recently I feel like I should have gotten this a long time ago because I cook so much, but I just got a big Le Creuset cast iron pan. Oh, it's so nice. And I can just like cook my protein in there and then throw some veggies in and maybe I toss some pasta in and some broth and then boom, you've got like a one skillet meal, which means less dishes and just simplicity. So a big like skillet that you can cook in is really, really nice and helpful. I love that. I feel like those are all such good things. And I love like a big ass skillet. Like that is my thing. Cause yeah. I don't want to do a bunch of dishes or like doing like sheet pan dinners is another great like, yes. things that I really love because it's one dish and it goes in the oven and you pull it out and dinner is ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, easy. I love that so much. Cause when you can have your hands off, like yeah. the crock pot or the instant pot or putting something in the oven, it just, it means that you're not actively working and doesn't feel like you're really cooking dinner as much because it's just doing its thing. Right. Cause I think when you think of like, Oh, I'm going to, I, we cook dinner every night. Cause we, we eat homemade meals. I would say like 99% of the time we, we don't mm -hmm. go out very often and that's for budget reasons and health reasons and all sorts mm -hmm. of reasons. But, um, I, I think that when I tell people that they're like, Oh my God, so you're chopping and prepping and doing all these things all the time. And I'm like, no, no, no. Sometimes it looks like, breakfast for dinner, which is quick scramble an egg. Do we have any cooked vegetables in the fridge? Perfect. Add those down. Let's throw some fruit on the plate and we're good. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it doesn't have to look like this, like crazy. I don't know. It doesn't have to be like Julia Child style, right? Like right. Yeah. making these big fancy meals. Not every dinner has to be, you know, this like put together meal. It can just be like your components on a plate and doesn't have to be fancy, like eggs with veggies or you got your ingredient meals. Like I think adding ingredient meals into our life just simplified because I'm not having to make a fancy sauce 
or think about like searing this and then getting it in the oven for however long and things that like have steps that can be troublesome. <laughs> totally. Totally. One of our other listener questions or, or struggles um, is that when they meal prep, they feel like half the food goes bad by the end of the week. Do you have any tips for navigating that? Because then that cuts the, yeah. the budget-friendly piece of this. It's, it, it makes it go away, right? Totally. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst when you have to throw food out. Okay. So maybe the amount of food that she's prepping is just too much that they need. Um, you can kind of strategize a meal prep by doing like a traditional Sunday afternoon, couple hours. But one thing that I love to do is instead of doing a big prep is to just cook a little bit more when I'm already in the kitchen. So maybe I'm making extra, like we talked about the bulk prep of protein, but maybe I think about as I'm making dinner, what are we going to have for breakfast the next day and the next, can I prep that then when I'm already in there, so I'm just doing little bits at a time to get myself a little bit ahead, and then I know I'm not going to waste that food that I've prepped. Um, also, just being mindful in your fridge that you can see the food. If it gets shoved to the back, then you forget about it, and you're like, how long has that been in there? I don't know if I should eat this. Uh, that can just really help by having it front of mind and then choosing to take that out. Um, and then also when you're thinking about your vegetables, the ones that don't last as long, just using those earlier in the week. So if you're chopping a bunch of lettuce, it's not going to last as long as a bunch of kale. And so using those perishables that go bad a little sooner in your week than the ones that can last a little bit longer, like kale or carrots or other root vegetables last a great amount of time in the fridge. Um, so that would, my, my first thought was like, maybe just prep a little bit less. Right. Or maybe even, um, do you think like splitting the prep up into two days a week rather than doing the whole week on one day? Right. Totally. So yeah. About could... Protein lifestyle, like life, lifespan. Yeah. Shelf life, shelf life there. That's shelf what I was life. trying to come up with. <laughs> lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then on that, like Wednesday you can see, Oh, I still have a bunch of this left over. I don't need to prep any. We need to use it. I'll just chop my carrots or whatever it might be. Yeah. So smart. So you have created this beautiful meal planning book. I mean, seriously, the design is so gorgeous. I love oh, it. Thank you. Um, will you tell us a little bit more about what folks can find inside and how it can help? Yes. So I created a 52 week weekly meal planner. And within that on one page is your space to write out your dinner meals. And then there's a section where you can write your breakfast, your lunch, and your snack options. And within the book, I recommend, this is a strategy that anybody could use, picking two to three breakfast and lunch and snack options to rotate through, especially if you like to do meal prep so that you're not having to think every morning, what are we going to have? Maybe this week you're like, hey, we're going to have an egg scramble. We're going to have pumpkin pancakes and we're going to have smoothies. You have the ingredients on hand and then it can just simplify your morning that way. So uh, there's a meal planning template. And then there's a space for categorized grocery lists, which I love. So you can have your protein and your produce and your pantry items and all just separated to make grocery shopping easier. And then there's a section also where you can list out the foods that you want to prep. Whenever I fill that out, I am very, um, I think I'm going to get a lot done. 
and I don't always get through it all, but at least I know like when I have time, this is what I can work on and I can visually see it. And so I'm not forgetting, oh yeah, I was going to make some snack balls. Oops, I forgot. So that's really helpful. Um, and I mentioned family favorites as well. So within the planner, I have sections where you can write out your family's favorite hot breakfast, cold breakfast, um, lunches, and dinners split into categories for beef, for chicken, for pork, for fish, for vegetarian, casseroles, all broken out so that when you go to meal planning, which can like make your brain forget the things that your family likes. You can go back and say, oh yeah, we loved that casserole. Let's have that this week. And then also within it, if you've been using it for you know a few weeks, you can go back and look at previous meals that you planned and then get ideas that way. So I, that's what I absolutely love using it for is kind of jogging my memory of things that we loved. I also have, um, how to meal prep, so I guide you through that, and how to meal plan um, if you're new to it, so there's guidance in there, and it's just, it's so fun to have this cute little book that you can take to the grocery store and just have it the ready so you're not trying to find your notes or your papers of where is my meal plan? It's all within the book. So yeah, I, I loved creating it. That's awesome. I love it so much. And a couple of things came to mind when you're talking about all these fun, different sections, especially like the one where there, you, you can write out what you want to prep. Mm -hmm. I think that's so smart because you could also delegate that to somebody else in your house. Right. So like, yes. I mean, again, cooking in our house typically falls to me because I enjoy it. Yeah. But my husband is also like, he can chop onions like a champ and can prep things really well. So I can be like, Hey, here are the four things I need you to do. He just needs instructions, right? Like yeah. that's his thing. Yeah. And then I'm also thinking these favorite meals, you know, a lot of our listeners are either pregnant or in early postpartum having that list of favorite meals that they can turn to and hand to their partner, to a friend, to somebody that's like, that wants to help out. Yeah. Like, this is what our family enjoys here. Yeah. We can go make that. Cause sometimes, you know, like I'm due in April and my um, husband will be doing a lot of the cooking at that point mm -hmm. for things we, we haven't stocked in the freezer. So I think having a resource like this that I can be like, Hey, here's what we like to eat. Cause we're both going to be so scattered. Yeah. There's no way we're going to remember yeah. we need to put our shoes on, right? Like which foot it goes on. Totally, it's gonna yes. work. So being able to have that just detailed out. So, you know, both partners can get involved in the kitchen, kids, older kids can help out too. I just, mm -hmm. I love that so much. Yeah. Uh, I love it so much because I mean, especially in that postpartum period, like your brain is not there <laughs> at all and you're so tired and it can be nice to just have that decision taken off of your plate and you can do the work ahead of time of writing out the things that you want to have around in the house or that you want to be eating. Um, so I love that. Nice. So good. So yeah. Good. Yeah. And I, I would love to offer um, your listeners a 10% discount on that. They want awesome. to get it. Yeah. They could use the code. We'll do Liz 10. Liz 10. Um, Liz 10. It'll work for two weeks after this goes live. That is perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes too. We'll link it straight to your shop. Perfect. Yay. This has been such a fun conversation and so helpful. It has been. I love it. Love. Will you um, remind our listeners where they can find you? Yeah. My website is fitmamarealfood.com and I'm over on Instagram at fitmamarealfood, which is my favorite place to hang out. You know, you meet really cool people like Liz <laughs> and so you just want to be there. It's the best. <laughs> 
Uh, awesome, Heather. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. <laughs>